Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Jacob Feldman, and this is the Victory Parade Sports Business Podcast, the Sportacast. Happy summer. Thank you. Thank you. Happy summer. Uh, Eben Novi Williams is where is he? Vancouver? Yeah, don't ask me. I, I think he's in Vancouver and he said he stepped off the plane and didn't realize there'd be snow everywhere. <laughs> so he was not, uh, at, at least when it comes to foot attire, Mr. Novi Williams was not properly prepared for his trip. So I, t- I said, stay dry as best you can. And uh, I'm happy to be here with Mr. Feldman because I get to then just kind of ask some questions about technology and some other subjects. And uh, let the audience hear a different voice for a change. So I think, by the way, I hear an undertone of music. <laughs> what, what do we? I mean, you're up in Boston. I'm was, in yeah. right now, New Jersey. What do we got there? I was gonna say I, I can't promise any smart takes on uh, sports or <laughs> yeah, tech in sports, but fine. I can I can promise some smooth jazz uh, because that is what whoever is outside uh, my apartment today decided to be playing on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Hopefully they're uh, drawing some, some attention from whatever passerbys there might be on, on the Boston sidewalks who uh, are enjoying the summer themselves. But but so it goes, you know. So sports and, and jazz. I think it's a new it's a new opportunity for us. Yeah, I, I think there's great synergies in sports and jazz. The fluidity of it, sort of the creativity. In it. I'd love for you to open your window because it's so outside your personality. <laughs> open your window and scream, shut up! I'm trying to record a podcast! <laughs> yeah, that, that goes well up here in Massachusetts. It's the, the direct confrontation never never has uh, any issue. It would be nice if, if the Utah Jazz had won the finals instead of the Nuggets, then we'd really be onto something, but uh, we'll, we'll make do with what we got. Where do you stand, and this is a sports business question that neither of us had planned to talk about, but since you mentioned the Utah Jazz, where do you stand on the change the nickname? Obviously, the Jazz relocated to Utah from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Now, the nickname should have something to do with the city in which the team plays and inhabits, no? Sure. Should they have not sure. have thought of a something uh, like, all right, we're going to abandon Jazz and become the, you know, whatever you want in Utah that has some correlation to where you now play? Is it just a trademark issue? Is it fans like the name? There's an affinity already there. It's a, a familiarity. But as you saw with Redskins mm-hmm. to football team to commanders, it, it, it can be done, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. As you saw from Indians to Guardians, it can be done without too much problem. Uh, so I, I just don't understand why teams, when they relocate, don't change the name. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't know the reason at the time. I mean, I'm sure one of the reasons that it stuck around is that they had some success pretty early on as the Jazz in Utah, right? And, and so at that point, it's all 
brand affinity. And, and I, you know, being uh, 30 years old, have grown up always knowing Utah jazz. And yeah, it wasn't until I was probably 18 years old. I was like, well, I wonder why they're called the jazz. That's kind of odd. Um, didn't, didn't know that Salt Lake City had that kind of scene. But at some point, it, it's the affiliation. I mean, the Lakers, you have a number of these teams now that don't really fit, but they're, they're, they're such brand names in themselves that I think people don't question them too much. But it makes perfect sense to have the Lakers in Minneapolis. It makes zero sure. sense to have the Lakers in Los Angeles. So if you do it right, early, if right. you announce the intention exactly. to change the team the name, you, yep. you allow a new fan base to participate in the whole thing, then I think you can have a nice, seamless, successful, profitable change of nickname. But Yeah, once and, and if a, I was New Orleans, I, I don't know kind of what the rules are in this but what what could you offer the utah to get the name back you know can you give right. up a, a second round pick like hey can we have that name back we'll we'll give you our seventh you know our seventh guy off the bench here but a little something seems like there would be a deal to be done somewhere in there it should be part of it it really and just like again the los angeles dodgers relocated from brooklyn where if folks are not aware uh, like the game of frogger if you wanted to cross the street you had to Dodge the trolleys, thus the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, what are you what are you dodging in? Oh, I'm, I'm, this, I'm, this is too easy an open ended question. What are you dodging <laughs> in L.A.? Um, by the way, I was out there last week. It was like five fifty for gas in L.A. Insane. And then then that got me into. It's funny. I had a discussion with a team owner about. It's funny. How everything I always everything goes back. It to always comes business. back. It contributes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just looked at gas prices, and I was just sort of. Then it got me into a, just a thought process about hedging commodities. And then I remembered an a, a interview we did years ago with Kevin Demoff, the CEO of the Rams, and they actually did hedge steel for the project at SoFi, and that saved them a yeah. bunch of money because the price of steel went through the roof. So everything, wow. and I view everything through this lens, and I think it's a bit of a sickness. I, I don't know. How about <laughs> yeah, you, people, I mean, do you? People think do we you have a dream job. Oh, my God. I mean, well, for me, covering you know, like tech and media and digital media, you know, I can't watch TV without thinking about it. There, I can't open my phone there, without thinking yep. about it. It always it always comes back. I was I'm working on a story talking to a lot of folks and uh, who work in social media and, and sports, and you know, someone was at the end of the NBA season, they go on vacation, but yeah, as soon as they pull out their phone and open TikTok or Twitter or Instagram, suddenly they're working again. And and so yeah, it's as anybody who works in sports knows, that's that comes with the territory of, of everything that used to be fun is now still fun, but but also work. Yeah, I go to games with my son every now and then, and in my head, I'm writing the story as the mm -hmm. game is going on. Course, I'm like, ooh, yeah. that's a possible lead. <laughs> I'd, I would mark down that moment if Gotta I would ask write, the coach oh, that, about that. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ex exactly. So then I, I try to, I try to start that conversation with my soon-to-be 14-year-old, and <laughs> I, I, he literally has zero interest in engaging in that conversation with me. Zero. And I mean, any conversation with me, frankly, if he's bringing a friend or something to the game. But he just doesn't, his brain isn't working that way. Although sometimes when I, I've seen, forget, least expect it, never expect it, he would, he will look at, if, as long as it's instigated by him. You know, it's good to know the synapses are firing sometimes. But if I do it, then he wants no part of it. But he will on occasion turn to me and say, hey, what do you think that, like, do you think that could be the lead? Or do you think right. that's There's the big that, moment you would, you would star? That sickness is creeping in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's good to know that that sickness is creeping <laughs> in. All right, well, we were going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We were going to start with the NBA yeah, Finals. Yeah, where do you want to start? Yeah, let's start with the NBA Finals. I mean, why not? Or actually, you know what? We should start. We should start with this because it's, it's kind of fresh. How about um, Jay Monahan? Stepping down or stepping away from Bizarre. the day-to-day -day activities. Yeah, it, ca it came kind of at night, 
And, you know, obviously he's in a bit of a tempest right now after the the live PGA merger. Uh, players were calling for his resignation. Not an easy time. And this unspecified illness or it's medical uh, issue. Yeah, medical issue. They said, yeah, recovery from medical issue. I mean, and it could be something, you know, maybe he had appendicitis. I don't I, Who knows? But the, P, I, the PGA Tour didn't say. So they are. This is, this they is are, one of the things I would love to ask and you know, have a PR person on of like, because when you get into these situations, it's like it would be so much people would believe it so much more if you actually said what was going on. But maybe right. you want to make it less of a story. I'm, I'm sure there was a discussion there. There but, yeah, is the no way you make it less of a story <laughs> be with with an opaque statement like the recovery from a medical issue. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe it's just stress related. But this is this is a story that is not going away. I mean, we had an event in L.A. Uh, a week or so ago, and I was joking that every single attendee at our event asked me about what do you think about live and PGA and the infusion of capital and that got us into the wider discussion of just private equity, sovereign wealth funds. Since you are so close in Boston, I, everybody knows that the Harvard endowment is mm-hmm. you know up there. You, you got a you got a current number for me, anybody by any chance? Oh man, yeah. I don't. It's it's. Where'd you go to school, stuff. Jacob? <laughs> I, I went to the Harvard University, exactly. Oh, okay. So I figured I'd give you an opportunity to Let's break see. there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to the, you know, the Harvard University. <laughs> uh, but one of the one of the sources yeah, 50 of capital. Billion. They, they cross yeah, 50 it's billion. a fifty billion dollar uh, number. Yeah. Number one. Uh, Princeton is up there. I, I don't know. I'd have to have to dig deeper. Uh, into that all right. So, you know, don't need to do that live here while while we're <laughs> recording. But uh, by the way, I another whole show separately. But the idea that capital gains on endowment. Investment is 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 you know there's no cap gains there, you know, that kind of bugs me a little bit. Just money stays right there. Does it really does? Um, but one of the sources of private capital that was open now or is open now in private sports are also endowments. And I can't wait. I, it would make perfect sense to me to we tried to get to the to the folks who kind of you know manage the money of Harvard and say where are you looking? You know if you if you can get uh, if you can get a piece of the Celtics. I mean, wouldn't it, if I'm if I'm investor in the Harvard Endowment, don't, don't you want your money at work in places like that of interest? Don't you want to invest in the Celtics and the Bruins and, and Fenway Sports Group? <laughs> but the, it's just a matter of time. And I'm, I just I keep going to Harvard because it's so big. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see the first endowment that deploys its capital in pro or uh, in pro sports. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. I mean, for sure. I mean, even just from the, the public relations perspective, it's, it's probably worth it, uh, even if the returns aren't yeah. as good as they have been over the last 10 years, um, for sure. Or how about you? You back teams that are owned by Harvard graduates. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'd have to go and get that list. I'm not sure who they are, but I, I, yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah, but the, just the idea that this this capital is is not going away, mm-hmm. um, and that and then uh, the sources of capital, sovereign wealth funds, and the leagues knew what the reaction would be. Mm-hmm. They, they absolutely did. But you have a situation now, as Evan and I have discussed many times, where the assets, the teams have appreciated so much and we need yeah. no other example than one we have in real time the mm-hmm. Washington Commanders when you tell me that Josh Harris and Mitch Rails are getting together and they are struggling to come up with a way to pay for the 6 billion dollar asset with the rules set forth the way they are and the NFL by the way is holding steady on not changing its rules i think that my my prognostication as i like to say uh, on this show is uh, my, my 30 years of doing this tells me the next transaction, the next NFL team that trades, mm-hmm. the rules will not be the same as they are with Josh Harris. Mm-hmm. They got away with it. We're reaching had, a breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. You had David Tepper. Um, before that, you had the Bakulas. Um, then you had uh, Rob Walton 
So you had the right person, right? And yeah. you would have thought you had Jeff Bezos as the right person, unless the next one happens to be the Seattle Seahawks, which, of course, is the mm-hmm. estate of Paul Allen. And then, of course, everybody would expect that uh, Mr. Bezos would jump in on that one and he can surely pay cash. That would be my one caveat. If it's Seattle, then we won't change the rules. But any other trade uh, of a majority control of an NFL team, I do not think the rules will be the same. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against it. And it'll be interesting to see, again, going back to these sovereign wealth funds, and there will still be some limits on, on who can and can't be involved. And, and that'll be a, a fascinating debate to, to watch play out. All right, I wrote down NBA Finals. We said we wanted to talk about NBA Finals. What are we yeah, talking you want, about? You want, you, you, you want to look at the like, ratings, et cetera? That's where we wanted to go with this? Well, sure. And you guys talked a little bit about you know the Jokic factor, and we can, we can talk about that too. But um, the, 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 the ratings come out. Obviously, a five-game series is going to be a little bit less viewed. So it's down 6% compared to the six-game series that also featured the Warriors and Celtics last year. I think the average number was just over 11.6 million. That's still viewers. pretty darn good. That's a lot of eyeballs. It, it, and, it, again, it bodes well for live sports. And, and, and as bodes, Anthony Krupe pointed out, overall TV usage in the same period is down 11%. So compared, as you're saying, to who's actually watching TV, it, it is still doing remarkably well, especially when you consider it's two teams uh, that a lot of people don't know, led by stars that a lot of people I don't, don't know. I don't want to get too political, Jacob Feldman, because Please. that's not what we're here for. But there was the big narrative that the, you know, the NBA was woke and, oh, forget this, and that's it, nobody's watching, and we, we only want to be entertained. And I mean, Joe Maloof said that in our, in our podcast. We asked him uh, just a couple of weeks ago before his Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, how do you deal with these things? I don't know, because I believe his family had the sole distributorship of Coors, and we were talking about Bud Light, and how do you avoid that controversy as team owners when you want to have, as we see all over the place, you want to have Pride Night, Military Appreciation Night, whatever it may be. And, and I don't know if it was diplomatic or if I just really think Joe believes this, where he said, just stay out of it. People come to be entertained. You have people from all walks of life that are fans of your team, and you must cater to the customer. They're here to watch hockey. Keep it about the hockey. Don't make it about all this other ancillary stuff. So his advice was just just stay out of it. And how we get there from talking about the NBA Finals, uh, I, I'm not sure. But what do you see in Jacob? Uh, NBA, very tech-savvy. NBA, very tech-focused. Uh, Digital Dave was David Stern's nickname. What are you seeing? How are you watching? What do we need to know uh, about where the NBA is headed in terms of uh, broadcast consumption? Sure. Well, I think when we talked about the finals ratings being down slightly, they did have the most watched playoffs overall in five years, averaging over five million. And a lot of that goes to the ABC exposure. And so they are, yes, digital focused and and savvy, but they're also still reaching people via traditional linear TV. And and so that will be the big conversation, especially as their rights deal comes up for the next year or two. Um, How much do they want to give or or sell, I should say, to to Amazon or Apple, whoever the tech player is? There will be, I, I think everyone expects at this point, some slice there as they kind of continue to make this move just as everybody else is. It's kind of just, you know, fluke of timing. They're actually going to be like the last ones to, to make that move to streaming after the NFL and MLB and, and NHL have all kind of done that as well. So it'll be interesting to see how, how aggressive they want to be on that front. Uh, and it is interesting to see because they have so much, they have so much inventory. There's 81 games or 82 games and, and all those teams. And I believe it was Ted Leonsis uh, owner of the Washington Wizards, also Capitals of the NHL, who spoke on behalf of the NBA the last time they did their deal. And, and he said, there's never been, I don't know, this sticks with me. I realized I did not research this. It just it stuck with me. There's never been a better time to be an NBA owner. I, I'm guessing 
he would say today <laughs> say or tomorrow, yeah. there's never been a better time to be an NBA owner. What is it? Is it the younger well, the demo? International growth. And is younger it, it's demo. the but, younger yeah. demo, tech savvy, even, yeah, I, I, want, I want you to comment on the international as well, mm-hmm. but and I, I, I believe it was, um, it was, uh, I don't know who was, John Skipper, who said, just get me eyeballs, it's my job to figure out how to monetize, <laughs> right? Yeah. And whether that's a 10-second snippet of a highlight, whether it's a player on the Instagram, whether it's the league office putting something out, as long as the attention is focused on the NBA, do, do you, does a league need someone to sit and watch a two-and-a-half-hour game? Hmm. They would like to. They'd like to have you do that, for sure. They, do they need it? No. I think that's, that's the point you're making is... There and, and the NBA has been as smart as anybody of saying we just need to get out there. We need people to see us. We'll figure it out from there. Whether they're yeah, we'll, we'll sell you the final minute of the game. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, or yeah, we'll put it on YouTube afterwards. Whatever, and, and hopefully, it, it, I mean, the, the product is good enough that it builds. Right, you you start there, and then all of a sudden, you want to watch a quarter and a half in a game in a season uh, as you grow up, as as time slows down uh, elsewhere. So that's the the belief, um, and, and it has panned out for them over the last four or five years, and so we'll continue to see if that is the case, or or if maybe they're you know ultimately wrong. I mean, there's no reason that that has to be tried and true forever. That uh, maybe one day it becomes clear that giving this stuff away for free and trying to bring in new fans reaches a point where you're not bringing in new fans, and now you're just losing money uh, that you could be getting from from your core audience. Uh, let me talk about Netflix though, because they're also like they're they're sports right this, tangential. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, they're sports tangential. Mm-hmm. If you can create an ecosystem whereby you have sports content that does not rely on having to pay lots and lots of money for live rights, because that that's the rub, right? And and Jimmy Pitaro said this, like everybody's oh, women's sports really getting attention, right? And then Jimmy Pitaro has to say, oh, damn, I, I want to have it, but I have to figure out a way to pay for it, and I got to figure out a way to keep the NBA that you know at so much shoulder programming. Across my my networks, it's not just the games itself. You got to figure out how do we monetize the NBA over all of our networks, over all of our radio, all of our podcasts. It's so much airtime. I don't think they can do without it. So, right. but we all prices going up, prices going yep. up for all of them. I That's don't. That's why see the price is going up exactly. There, right? Do you see? And, and Eben and I talk about this every now and then. Is there anything you see? That would give you pause if you were an owner. Now, network chiefs are different. But if you were an owner of an NFL, NBA, MLB, NWSL, keep going. If you're the owner of one of these teams and you obviously are counting on that media revenue for a huge part of of your, your, your success, do you see anything that gives you pause that, that hints at perhaps there's a slowdown, there's a day of reckoning, there's a seismic shift, whatever it may be. Hmm. Seismic shift. I, don't, I mean, I think this, the attention game is changing just because there's so much more out there, right? I mean, you you see this every day with, with your kids and the people around them, but people are spending time on, on TikTok, they're spending time on Instagram, wherever they are. There's so many more options. So yes, on TV, sports is king and more so every day. Um, but there's also more and more competition out there and we're going to see that continue as... AI content develops as, as VR content develops. The, the, the competition is going to get stronger and stronger for eyeballs. Uh, and I think at, at some point there will be a question of, you know, is this, do I really need to be spending all this money for sports if I can, like Netflix, go out and create some other really interesting content uh, myself and, and own it uh, and, and not be reliant on this league? Well, one of those things, and you made your opinion known 
on Twitter. That's how we were bringing it up. But uh, you know, they have their their series coming up, quarterback on, on Netflix. It sort of takes you behind the scenes uh, with three NFL quarterbacks: Pat Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota. What is it like to be a quarterback? What is it like to be in the film room, in the weight room? You're off time, and I have said forever, this is what people want. They want to get closer. They want behind the curtain. They want to see what we've never seen before because we we know what it's like on the field. We've seen that forever. How close can you take me? How? What kind of access? What insider access can I feel like I'm really getting? And you said it looks ellipse. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> really good. Really yeah, good. Well, really yeah. good. What, so so what's it, what appeals to you and what do you think the uh, the end game is? Well, yeah, it's, it's not that innovative of a format, like you're saying. I mean, Netflix even had a show before, I don't think it's running still, but called QB1 that focused on high school quarterbacks, behind the scenes, the drama, the recruiting, all that. And it's like, okay, what if we took this popular right, show? Ch- hold on, Jacob, truth be told, first I'm hearing of QB1. I did not okay. know about that. There you go. Um, but, but I'd like to watch the show. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. interesting to me. Popular show, successful show. What if you put Patrick Mahomes in that show, right? You combine the NFL, the thing people care most about, with this form of content, whether it's Drive to Survive or... Um, all these kind of sports docuseries that Netflix yeah, has now, swing. golf tennis, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Go on and on. Uh, even to some high school and cheer, et cetera. You, you, they, like you said, they've made a, a habit of this now. Uh, and you put the NFL in it. You put Peyton Manning in there as an executive producer. You get on-field access. You get behind-the-scenes access. I, to me, this looks like a really big hit. The question is how must-see is this content? Is it really ever going to be as must-see as a live game? No. Uh, and so it sits somewhere in that in that intermediate for a long time you know everyone had netflix and so these things became popular and they reached into the culture that's changing as we get more and more other streaming services that are competing for for dollars and for eyeballs and so does netflix still have that hit factor where boom it hits the service and all of a sudden everyone's watching it well i think we're going to find out in a couple weeks of just how much power they still have well was it not netflix that attempted to show love is blind live Mm -hmm. right well the live has been a challenge (laughs) how'd that that go (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) Uh, not well, not well, and, and they had to, you know, ultimately uh, scrap that and, and kind of air it hours later. I think so. Well, they're dip- but, but they're dipping their toe in live sports, though. I mean, they had bid on certain properties, and, and it hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that they do have sort of okay. They they they're like the Red Sox with a thirty five year old third baseman. <laughs> like they have a line, like we'll give you a one year deal at eight million, right. but that's it. Um, but and they've they been have... they've been reported to do a a, a a live competition. I think it's gonna be a golf competition. Yeah, it, golf it's event. it's sort of drive to survive meets full swing. It's golfers right, right. and F one. Right. Yeah. So, and so I think half of that will be showing leagues, hey, we can do this. You know, forget that live is blind thing. We can actually show a live event. That is the first thing they have to prove. And then the second thing is on their end is just how valuable is this? Uh, you know, Netflix's strategy for a long time was shows are expensive, but once we make them, we'll have them forever. And this library content will be valuable. And, and so we can lower our spend over time. That hasn't been the case. The library content has not been as valuable as they thought. And so that's why we're seeing all these streaming services look for live sports as a way to get people in the service, keep them in month to month. Uh, but I do think if Netflix does sports, this is what it's going to look like. It's going to look like these competition series. I think if Netflix wanted to, their version of sports would be, can we put a pickleball match on a skyscraper and also making it make it a dating event, you know, like that would be the, the Netflix version of sports. And that's what I'm saying. Like the question is, can they do this themselves, own this themselves without having to spend exorbitantly with a league uh, and, and still be attractive? We'll see. So that sounds like, you know, the amazing race meets anything that, uh, you know, David Levy is doing in pickleball, getting some, getting, uh, you know, retired tennis stars to, to, to play pickleball on the heliport. Like we've seen like Federer and right. Nadal do. Yeah. Got it. All right. yeah. It, it makes sense. See, I don't envy the sports leagues having to, figure out a way to win hearts and minds and mind share from my focus group of one who's coming up on age 14, uh, or e- even my casual sports fan wife who did get into drive to survive, mm-hmm. did like watched it, said, this is cool. Kind of watch it together. And I, I was watching them watch the show. 
Like I was sitting in the room, but I I I just didn't. It, the show didn't mean anything to me. I was watching them watch the show because that's how again the brain operates. I can't shut it off. And then without saying anything, you know, they would be plugging a particular race or whatever it is. I kept waiting for that magic moment where one of them said, "Hey, uh, you know, the uh, the Grand Prix of Monaco is on or Spain and." You know, let's put, I want to see if, you know, whoever, fill in name, if Max Verstappen is really that good this week or whatever. It never happened. And I'm wondering, what what is the conversion rate? Because my kid just doesn't have the attention span. I know it's a stereotype, but if you want to reach my kid, my focus group of one and his pals, I watch, they're playing the video games. And some of them are sport-related. They love MLB The Show. I, I said, I don't know if you listen to the show. You better, Jacob. But uh, I was laughing. My, my favorite moment so far uh, was when I heard my son yell at his friend, you know I can hit the Bob Gibson fastball. Well, I'm like, hey, wait. I'm like what, what, what just happened? And I, and I remember thinking again, I have to tell Rob Manfred about this because that should make him stand up and cheer that like, here's my kid, age 13, talking about Bob Gibson, knowing more about the game, a deeper relationship uh, he knows every batting stance. He knows every player. And he plays the stupid game. Dad, ask me any second baseman in Major League Baseball. I can't even name one of them. Like, Jackson, I can't play this game with you because I don't know who they are. You want to <laughs> play an owner's game, a CEO's game? That right. I can do. But, yeah. I mean, the I, I, I pity the, four, the poor fool, the poor CRO, who has to figure out how to get in my kid's brain and separate him from either his money or my money because it's it's the video games. So I see that. You used to be the, the evil skins and things like that. All right, I've, I've managed to win that battle. Um, he's finally old enough to understand that's a waste of money. Um, but then it's it's Snapchat and it's TikTok. Those are his platforms. I mean, that, that phone is in front of his face all the time. And should I be telling him it's enough? I, I, I you know, who knows? But, yeah, but, but that's the conduit. Now... How does sports take advantage? I know you tell me you're the tech guy. If the, if I tell you it's Snapchat and it's TikTok, one of which you know we got lawmakers trying to ban in the country, you tell me then how are how are these teams supposed to get to my kid's brain? They're trying, and and if you have an answer, you, you can make a lot of money. So there's that. But for now, they're just looking to be on the phone in TikTok. So they're they're not trying to monetize it. They're not trying to say here buy tickets, come to this game, watch this game. Even they're saying. Watch this cool clip of our mascot, you know, learn about our player's backstory, watch this funny thing that happened in the locker room. Just know that the Utah Jazz exist um, and, and, and that we're fun and we're cool. And then we'll figure it out from there. It's kind of what we were going back to before. Of like, for, for now, just the, the awareness and the attention is all they're looking for because it is so competitive right now. And then trying to figure out where the money comes from, that's kind of a next step because you have to make sure that they even know uh, who you are and they're interested in learning more before before they go about it. And, and, and I think we'll, I think that the, those opportunities will come. These things are going to get, you know, the, the experiences will get better as these uh, games move to streaming. And we talk plenty about narrow casting. And, you know, if, if I can get my favorite TikTok personality describing the game, maybe I can watch alongside them. I can make it more entertaining, more interactive. I can challenge my friends to predict what's going to happen because I know all the second basemen in the league and, and I can feel more invested in it. And maybe if I get those predictions right, then I'm going to get a fancy skin in my video game and all of a sudden I'm going to look cooler. Uh, I can put a sticker on my Snapchat that I watched every Lakers game and people will trust my opinions. I, there, there's ways to wrap these things together and give folks a reason to watch the game. But you're going to have to do it. Uh, and, and we're going to see if, if teams are, are willing to kind of give up uh, some of that to, to, to play in, in all those spaces. Two things came to mind as you were speaking. One, 
the immediacy that still my kid lives in. He lives in a world of immediacy where something happens in the game that I'm watching on TV with my cable bundle, old man. And I'll run upstairs and say, Jackson, you got to see the goal that whatever team just scored. The, the, the Vegas Golden Knights just scored. He's like, yeah, Dad, I just saw it on TikTok. I'm like, wait, how, I, I just I came right up the stairs. How quickly did that get delivered? The snippet got delivered to you. And then, by the way, it's as he's playing his video game, he's got the phone and he's chatting on the whatever, and maybe the iPad's up, and he's chatting with his friends. And did you see the goal? Then they say, hold on, we're going to pause the game so we can go watch the snippet. So there is hope in that. And then the other thing that came to mind, I certainly, you could tee this up, this headline to me, and I would not go seek it out. The problem is I can't even avoid it. Uh, it's coming to me that Tom Brady's on a yacht throwing a football, <laughs> knocking down Mr. Beast's drone. Did you mm -hmm. see that? Uh, I, I've not seen it yet, but oh, wait, I whoa, whoa, will, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! How is it that a clip of Tom Brady on a yacht <laughs> knocking down Mr. Beast's drone? Mr. Beast doesn't gets do it to for me. my I, frontal I lobe. No, but if you're just like I basically I, see his name and I keep scrolling. That's kind of where I'm at with with Mr. Beast at this point. But all right, well, I I, I just you know I see I, I find it the same as your late night host joke. What do mm -hmm. you watch the late night shows? I see clips, yeah. The, well, I mean, do you watch the show is my question. No no, 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 I don't, neither do I, but I see all the jokes. Right. Because right. the next day, somehow, someway, the next day, the next week, the funniest ones, I see the clip, or it comes to me, and somebody sends it to me, did you? I, that is the world we're living. You don't have to see the live. It's such an event. How do you make these games uh, or anything associated with the sport, how do you make it live in a wider ecosystem of maybe a week before? And a week after, how do you extend the life of a game? Can you make it the lead up and then the sort of the week after? Are we still talking about it? That's the kind of the world we're living in where I can get the snippets of everything. And then somebody cuts it differently. And then somebody makes fun of it with a meme. And then, a, But somehow, some way, I'm still engaging with what the original part is, that core game. You take us out with your final thoughts on whatever you want to talk about. Oh, boy. Uh Hmm. Well, we haven't we haven't mentioned um, AI too much. I think it's it's a conversation I'm having all the time, and it's right up in in this line of what if rather than waiting for those you know clips and means we make and we can have the computer make them and deliver them to you, and I can deliver the game exactly how you want it. You know, you want a ten minute version, you want a three minute version, you want a three hour version. So I think it's, it's going to be that personalization factor for, from the AI that's really going to evolve this conversation pretty dramatically, not in the next year, but in the next three years. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you and your son are watching completely different versions of the same game. And that's going to be a, a really important factor in making these things appealing, no matter what you're tuning in for. Yeah, and then I got to wonder if what I'm watching is actually real, because the announcer voices can be fake. The national anthem what can is real, be though, fake. Scott? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what is real? What I, what you know, the, what the actual players playing the game? I can. Yeah, the but AI I mean, the sound, the sound is already mixed, you know, tremendously, and the, the, the colors are matched, and, and it's not actually live. It's seven seconds behind. I don't. It, it's all you know. The, it's, if it's entertaining, I don't. I don't. I don't think too much about all the alterations I, going on between then and here. I, I love this jaded Jacob. I love it. That, <laughs> that is your new nickname, Jaded Jacob. Felt I, it. I love it. They I still play it. the music. How is it? How they still play? It? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm gonna go out there and give them a couple bucks. I was gonna uh, say, give them a couple listening. bucks. Yeah, let it, let them know that it was the the uh, the undertone of exactly. the Sportacast, and have him go download yeah, it and be one of our yeah, listeners. Exactly. Great. All right, he is not Eben Novi Williams. He is Jaded Jacob <laughs> Feldman on the Twitter at Jacob Feldman Four.
Yeah, wow, so I've got to go look up if at Jada Jacob is available. I might have to go grab that handle, too. I would like to see it. I am Scott Soshnick on the Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Our digital media editor is Cor Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.